Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this episode is a sneak peek chapter from my book, Mural Money. It's chapter five, Motivation to Practice, and it talks about a time when I was working to build my customer base locally so I didn't have to travel for work anymore. You know, I had it in my head that, and I often even said out loud that in order to make good money, I need to travel outside of Missouri. <laughs> I fully believed that because all of my experiences thus far working, you know, art and any other job told me that this was true, but it absolutely was not. You know, it was just a story that I made up in my head. You know, it's very possible to build a business wherever you are and make a great living in art. <laughs> and this chapter is a look at how I motivated myself to do that. And so if you already own the book Mural Money, this might be a good refresher. But if you don't, this is just a reminder. You know, we all started from somewhere and I hope that this motivates you and you take a little bit from it. So here you go. Chapter five, motivation to practice. Motivation is a myth. To explain that further, the idea that some people are lucky enough to have natural endless motivation to fuel their productivity is an absolute myth. At the end of the day, we're all motivated by something outside of ourselves. The idea of waking up perfectly motivated to take on the day is unrealistic, at least it is for me. After a couple of years painting tirelessly for the outdoor store, demand started to slow and my focus started to shift when I realized I would need to start looking for new customers. The usual construction wave was dipping and they weren't building any more new stores. And so there were fewer walls that needed to be painted. I wasn't surprised by this, but if I was being honest with myself, I had expected it to come at some point. It was a tough transition to go from being expected on site at 7 a.m. each day to now needing to find my own motivation to get up and going. And to add to this difficult time, I was under contract not to share any online photos of my paintings that I had created for the outdoor store. I had nothing to use as promotion to try to win other jobs. I felt like I was basically starting over. And I went from having constant work to now needing to establish an art business outside of the comforts of working for a big company. It didn't help that the buzz around the job sites was that there was little to no work elsewhere. More experienced artists than me would comment about how times were changing and hand-painted logos and murals were becoming a thing of the past. I couldn't look to those artists for help anymore uh, with getting other work anyway because they seemed to be struggling in that department as well. It was time to spread my marketing wings and establish some habits that would make this art career dream happen once again, <laughs> I had a taste of the working artist life and I was not about to go back to a normal job. I remember people logically stating, if you can't make this work, you can always just get a different job, right? I always quickly replied, no, that's not an option. <laughs> it wasn't just a no, it was more like a hell no. I didn't want to go back on the road as a traveling artist either. I want to stress how freaking lonely it can be working on the road away from everything and everyone you love. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it was a really amazing experience and the fellow artists working alongside me were equally as amazing, but 
they weren't my biological family. I was homesick and so bored that I would foster kittens in my hotel room to bring some happiness to my life outside of painting. I remember picking them up from a local fostering agency and sneaking them into my hotel room. And I would spend time with them in the evenings after work. And they became socialized and ready for adoption through this process. And I, in turn, felt a little less lonely. It was better than them sitting in a cage all day at the agency with very little human interaction. And they kept me company, which kept me sane. (laughs) It's funny to say that cats did this, but this is what happened. And the situation it was mutually beneficial. (laughs) I quickly learned work isn't everything and that experience fueled my fire even more. I wanted more freedom in addition to more work. (laughs) I was determined to somehow make artwork back in Springfield, Missouri. I knew no one else who was doing it, which meant it was either impossible or a situation with great potential. By this time, Instagram was becoming more popular and I was starting to see clues of other artists on the app who appeared to actually be making money from art in a variety of different ways. I was determined to start over and build back up to that high earning level. I remember thinking that I would be set if I could make $100,000 in one year living and working in Springfield. Since the cost of living is so low here, it's like being a millionaire in California. That's slightly inflated comparison, but you get the idea. The cost of living is very low. And I knew it was very possible, but I had no idea how to actually accomplish it. I knew I was gonna have to start by being able to show up for my own business without somebody telling me to be on the job site first thing in the morning. Since I was working for myself now, I set the call time at no sooner than 9 a.m. There would be no more insanely early wake-up times or traveling to stay away from my loved ones while I worked. Over the years, I have found a set of techniques that have worked well to help me create self-discipline habits and increase motivation. And still to this day, I have times where I wake up feeling utterly unmotivated if there is no big deadline or any kind of external force. On these non-urgent mornings, I will take my time to make breakfast and do just about everything else there is to do around the house besides painting. Then when I finally mosey my way over into the art studio around three or four o'clock, I paint until about 10 p.m. I'm openly sharing this with you to show you that even after all of these years of showing up to the easel and putting my paint on the wall or canvas, it's still hard for me to do that sometimes. It's hard for everybody. So please don't think of yourself as an unmotivated person if you see yourself that way. You'll just use that as an excuse to continue to procrastinate from completing your artwork. And getting started is the hard part. Once you get started, you'll build momentum and it'll be easier to carry on until you can wrap up the project. As such, I'm happy to share with you some of my best tips and tricks to staying motivated and on course. Listen to what inspires you. This is probably one of my best tips because it has proven to be so effective for me for a very long time. Plug in your earphones and listen to something you find motivating from upbeat music to inspirational audiobooks or podcasts like this one. (laughs) The digital world has an endless amount of motivational audio for you to listen to. My life changed when I stopped listening to music 100% of the time and started listening to personal development books. No lie, I tell this advice to everybody. 
I commend my parents for doing their absolute best in raising me to be a hardworking, responsible adult. However, no one in my family was giving me any connections or business advice to lead me down the path of self-employment. I've had to figure out how to work smart on top of working hard, and that came by listening to people who were years ahead of me in life and business and relationships. My recommendation is to listen to someone who is currently doing what you want to do and let their story and advice motivate you. Personally, I like to listen to people who are perhaps doing much bigger things than I am and are highly motivated with some kind of inspirational message behind their mindset. I use this to fuel my fire and push myself forward. It's incredible how we can pick up on someone else's energy, even through a set of headphones. You know that feeling when you listen to your favorite song and it instantly puts you in a better mood and you start to wiggle a little bit and the rest of the day seems a little bit brighter? Well, listening to audiobooks and podcasts has that similar effect on me. It's like borrowing someone else's motivational energy to jumpstart my own. I use this feeling to get started with my day and this method is my secret motivational weapon and I highly encourage you to give it a try too. Getting started is the hard part. However, the sooner I plug into motivational audio, the sooner I can get things done. And then when I'm feeling burnout on self-improvement, I'll give my brain a break by switching to a comedy series or something very lighthearted for a few hours. Since I often paint on walls in public spaces with people walking by throughout the day, you can imagine the looks I sometimes get when people see me cracking up and laughing at the wall. (laughs) It's worth it to keep me going in good spirits on those long work days though. I've completed a list of some of my favorite audiobooks and podcasts that keep me going throughout the day. And you can check out that list at muralmoney.com, which is regularly updated as I discover new motivating resources. Choose a podcast or audiobooks from that list or whichever one catches your eye or create your own and try listening to that first thing in the morning as soon as you can. That is the key. You'll be surprised how big of a difference it will make in getting you up and moving towards your goals. Participate in art challenges. A college professor once gave me one of the most impactful yet straightforward pieces of advice anyone has ever given me. And it's funny because looking back again, I remember shrugging off his advice and not taking him seriously. When I tell you this piece of advice, I encourage you to take it to heart and not shrug it off as I did when I thought I knew everything as a new artist. (laughs) I wish I had taken this advice more seriously at the time. And now that I'm more experienced, I look back and see how accurate this big piece of advice was and how essential it was and can be for any new artist to understand. My professor told me to paint every single day. No matter how busy life got, his advice was to find time in every day to create something. That's it. That was his advice. (laughs) Although it may sound simple, it was the best advice anyone has ever given me about becoming an artist. So my tip to help you paint every single day is to participate in art challenges. (laughs) Art challenges have been around for a while, right? And I bet you've even seen another artist on social media doing their own. 
maybe you have even thought to yourself, hey, maybe I should do that. And perhaps you've even mustered up the courage to start, but perhaps haven't seen it through to the end. So let's talk about the idea of starting an art challenges, the different types of challenges and ways to set yourself up for success when it comes to completing one. Back in January of, I think it was 2019, I decided to launch my very first art challenge. I had seen other artists start similar things on social media, and I thought it would be a great way to meet other artists while holding myself accountable for painting every day. Announcing an art challenge on social media for my friends, family, and acquaintances to see motivated me to stick to my goals. I had displayed my intent to paint every day for the world to take notice. This was a level of self-accountability I had never tried before. Now that people were expecting it, I had to see it through. In addition, stacking that layer of accountability with the idea of completing a challenge alongside other artists supplied another level of motivation. That first event I hosted was the 31-day challenge. We painted every single day for the month of January. And to be clear, the challenge wasn't just to paint every day. The mission was to finish a painting every single day. (laughs) I knew it was going to be a lot to take on, but I knew it was possible. And I wanted the benefits of having so much practice in such a short amount of time. I invited other artists to do the challenge with me, and we ended up forming a close community of supportive creatives. Reflecting back on that time, I can see that my first art challenge was the start of what is now the Artist Academy. It is highly motivating to see someone participating in the same art challenge as you. Posting every day and sharing their progress, art challenges have the same effect as listening to inspirational podcasts and audiobooks, except they're more visual. As a night painter, seeing a morning artist's progress serves as a visual reminder of my daily mission to complete a painting. Watching other artists putting in the work right alongside me is like giving a virtual fist bump to keep going. Group motivation has played a big part in helping me achieve my goal of painting every day even when someone isn't paying me. According to the Association of Financial Counseling and Planning Education, people are 65% more likely to meet a goal if they have an accountability partner or have committed to the goal with another person or group. This is compared to only 25% of people who meet their goal after they decide in private to commit to it. Art challenges give artists the wordness together mentality needed to feel accountable and sufficiently motivated. Would you prefer to be alone and holding yourself responsible for painting every day? Boring. Or would you enjoy the process more if you had a family of other supportive creators all working towards the same goal and they could be there when you're deciding to slack and pick you up? I quickly discovered that being consistently repetitive with a challenge like this made me more memorable. For the 31-day challenge, I chose to focus on animal portraits as a theme, and my followers began to inquire about which animal I would do next. They were anticipating my next painting and giving suggestions when I asked for new ideas. It created a conversation around what I was doing, and new audience came to follow along. I sold several of those animal portraits during the challenge and many after, and I only spent an average of two hours on each one. I mostly painted at night after the day's projects was complete, so I was busy painting on everybody else's projects throughout this, and it helped me dig further into a niche and further establish my animal portrait painting skills. And we decided to partake in the 31-day challenge again the next year, 
where I chose the theme of butterflies since that's where my interest was at the time. I created a butterfly each day and decided to spice it up a bit by trying my hand at colored pencils. I gave it my best shot and completed the challenge and I figured out that colored pencils were not my favorite medium. But hey, we tried. I ran back to acrylics as soon as possible. But you know, like trying new things is what it's all about too. The third year of doing art challenges was when things really took off. I had been attempting to establish a niche I loved for quite some time by trying new things and digging deep to figure out what I truly wanted to paint. I decided to take the success of my recent painting, I called it Glitter Rain, as a guide to what I should be focusing on my with my attention. Glitter Rain was my most recent original idea, and it was basically this like big, fluffy cloud raining glitter on top of a black canvas with a glitter overlay. There was a lot of glitter. (laughs) It was very different from the murals and corporate logos I had been painting, but I really enjoyed it. I created 31 miniature glitter cloud paintings, all with different color schemes, I would spend about an hour or two on each painting and I viewed each one as a fun color experiment. I posted the first one on January 1st of the 31 day challenge and the response was very positive. In the caption, I wrote how each of these mini paintings would be only $100 throughout the challenge and someone bought the first one. I was actually internally hoping for this and I posted a similar painting the next day and someone bought that one as well. And the third And the fourth days repeated the same success of the first two. And surprised, I mean, soon to keep inquiries from overwhelming my inbox, I had to set an announcement that, okay, guys, at five o'clock was when I was going to post that day's $100 mini cloud painting. People were setting their alarms to be the first to comment and claim that day's creation. I was amazed and so excited and just so taken back. I sold every painting during that challenge. And I think it was a mix of finally finding something I love to paint and something that other people wanted as well. Plus, I priced the product at a very affordable price point. Living in the Midwest where art isn't really that abundant and the cost of living is really low, $100 is a very reasonable price. But there was still a lot of people who were saying, I would never pay $100 for a piece of art here. Like It's just different here. But I also know that without establishing a habit of sticking to a challenge and posting every day and being dedicated to experimenting and finding my style, the success of that challenge would not have happened. Our Artist Academy community has participated in various art challenges and not all of them involve completing a painting every day. So if that sounds too overwhelming, let me explain a couple others. For example, the Series 6 challenge includes painting six theme paintings over the course of six weeks. These paintings are a bit more time-consuming than the 31-day challenge, which typically involves like a smaller, quicker painting. The Series 6 challenge forces me to think ahead about a series that I want to create, and it gives me a set deadline to complete those paintings. This challenge is strategically scheduled before the fourth quarter because the holidays are the most profitable time of year for artists, right? We all know that. From experience, I know that painting six paintings before the holidays will give me a higher chance of selling the originals and the prints because I don't just do murals. It's like I do a little bit of everything. (laughs) That monetary incentive to finish an art challenge is just an added motivational factor that comes with it. Over the years, I've created some of my best work during the Series 6 and other challenges. 
After completing custom commission work all year, it's nice to focus on my own ideas every once in a while. It helps me get my creativity flowing, which leads to paid commissions that are more aligned with my own style. People ask for what they see. My best efficiency tip for starting an art challenge similar to these is to prepare ahead of time. I'll often buy my canvases, gather ideas, and even sketch outlines to each idea before the challenge starts. That way, I can just pick up a canvas on the given day and paint without having to figure out what I'm going to paint for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. It's already there. Not to mention, though, art challenges are called challenges for a reason. Life is busy and we're all struggling with something else beyond just painting. Whether you're still at your day job or you have kids to take care for or you are already booked out for the month with art projects. I know it can all add up, but prepping before a challenge starts will help you see it through to the end. Carving the time out of your day and designing that time for painting is necessary to establish a new habit. Another one of my favorite challenges is called the 100 day challenge, which sounds like a lot because it is a lot. Let's just be real. We do the 100 day challenge once a year and it involves painting every single day for 100 days straight. This is great because this challenge really helps to just establish the habit of painting. And it's not completing a painting every day, let me be clear. It is just, you're just painting every day. And remember, painting consistently is essential to becoming a full-time artist. That's why we do this stuff. So those who paint only when it's convenient are hobby artists, which is just fine. If you want to keep painting as just a recreational activity, that's fine. But to make painting your career, you have to be willing to do it almost every day. You will find that once you begin painting each day, you will grow exceptionally better and at a quicker pace. You know, if you've heard the 100 day challenge, you can, you know, there's no prescribed amount of time that you have to paint for. You can do for 30 minutes or you can do it for eight hours a day. You know, that part's up to you and how much time you have. The 100 day challenge is about setting aside time to sit down and practice your craft. And this reinforces the value of advice my professor gave me so many years ago about painting every day and really just getting that brush on your canvas or on the wall or dipped into watercolor, whatever you want to do. It's just getting the practice down. Read more about the different types of art challenges we do within the Artist Academy at muralmoney.com. This can help you decide if an art challenge is something that you would like to try. The start date for each art challenge is listed on the site. And when you're ready, we would love for you to join us. You can do it with a group or you can do it on your own. It it doesn't matter. But in addition to participating in art challenges, I like to push myself to share my progress every single day too. Getting in the habit of posting on social media for promotional purposes goes hand in hand with becoming a full-time paid artist. You know, it just makes sense. If you're painting and nobody sees your work, that painting has a small chance of getting sold, right? (laughs) It'll get stuck living forever in your art studio because no one will know it exists. However, posting your daily progress and routinely promoting your work will give your art the exposure it deserves. Avoid procrastination habits. I do it, you do it, we all do it. Although it is enticing to finish the laundry or mop the floor, it is important for you not to allow household chores or distractions to get in your way of your painting career. It can be easy to hyper-focus on all the things you should be doing around the house instead of sitting down to the easel for a few hours for painting practice. 
when dust bunnies are staring at you from the corner of the room, it can be challenging to prioritize your painting over cleaning. However, you must remember your career goals. Do you get paid to clean your house? (laughs) Nope. Or will you get paid when you finish that painting? You know, even if you're at the beginning stages where you aren't getting paid for your work, hours of practice are precious in the aspect of your growing career. And I mean, I think it's okay to choose your chores over practice every once in a while because like, it's all about finding the right balance, right? Balance, what is that? <laughs> After all, you don't want your house to I mean, become a complete wreck. That's not what I'm saying. But for the majority of the time though, painting should be your number one priority. Painting doesn't have to consume your day, but getting rid of those terrible procrastination habits will help you. <laughs> if you're really, truly serious about treating this as your job, and have already taken the leap into full-time, then I recommend painting for seven to eight hours per day. Admittedly, this was a tough thing for me to implement after painting so long for the outdoor store. I was partially burnt out from painting such long hours away from home and mostly just out of practice when it came time to make time for myself to paint for sake of improvement. And I had the realization one day that putting off my own painting projects was just plain disrespectful to nobody but myself. You know, after spending years showing up at 7 a.m. to paint for someone else for so many hours, I owed it to myself to give my own art business a fair shot. I mean, what was I doing? I was procrastinating my life away, not taking myself seriously. You know, I was showing my old bosses more respect than I was willing to show myself. That didn't make any sense because I like myself more than I like them. (laughs) (laughs) for being honest. So why wasn't I showing it? Within this moment of clarity, I broke down and I counted the hours that I was spending on my own art business versus the 60 plus hour weeks I had spent working for someone else. And the hours I was putting into my business were a fraction of the amount. Compared to working for the outdoor store, if I even spent 40 hours per week painting for myself, I knew I would get so much done. Something needed to change and I doubled down on my inspirational audio and signed up for another art challenge as fast as I could. Those two things. Another procrastination excuse I often hear is when artists claim they still need to discover themselves or find their own unique style or they need to do all these things to find motivation. And this one just makes me laugh because you will find your style or even discover yourself while you're painting. It isn't something that will magically come to you before you get started. You know, painting before you know what you're doing isn't a waste of time. It's the opposite. You're wasting your time if you're not experimenting, if you're not painting. And get really honest with yourself. Which habit is the most beneficial for your art business? And which habit that you currently have is the least beneficial? Really ask yourself those questions. What are you doing right? And then what are you doing wrong? It's easy to overthink things and believe that we need to take massive action in order to achieve our lofty goals. It's really not that dramatic. You know, one moment doesn't define your outcome. We can experience a setback or receive a stroke of luck and think that our destiny is defined when it's really about the little things, our habits that we feed our minds on a daily basis. You know, it's all of that. And The small improvements add up to massive change. Our habits, how we feed our minds on a daily basis, and the small improvements all add up to massive change. Take an art class. 
Finishing an art project is a lot easier if you have some type of external force motivating you. Another tip for holding yourself accountable is to sign up for an art class. I know this method all too well. Just hear me out, those of you who want to be self-taught. I'm not saying you have to go all in and enroll in college, but I do believe that signing up for an art class is a great way to stay motivated, build confidence, and hold yourself accountable. As a perk, it'll help you advance your art skills in a shorter amount of time. If you don't know where to start to find an art class, Google it. Seriously, Google is your friend for so many reasons. Type into Google painting classes in Springfield, Missouri or wherever you live, include your location. And you can always add specific search terms such as like oil painting or acrylic or watercolor or any form of art that you're interested in learning more about. Browse the selections and sign up for a class that works with your schedule. You'll be happy you did it. I recently heard a quote, you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) That fact cannot be more accurate about painting. We take classes and learn from other professionals to learn about the techniques and strategies we don't even know to ask questions about yet. (laughs) You've probably also heard someone say, I can't even paint a stick figure. And this often comes from people who do not consider themselves to be artistic. My response is always, sure, you can definitely paint a stick figure. Then after they sit down with me for 10 minutes and I show them how to add dimension by creating shadows, they are amazed by the transformation of their basic drawing. It's as simple as just taking the time to learn, but most don't want to take that time to learn or have the right level of motivation to do so. This is the same knowledge an art class will give you. An artist who has already made all of the rookie mistakes can help you work out the kinks and learn techniques to improve your paintings. They will show you the methods that can bring your art from basic to more intermediate or even an advanced level. An art instructor can condense the essential information for you and deliver it in an easy to understand way. And as you can imagine, signing up for an art class can shave off years of stumbling and winging it throughout the learning process. Consider an art class to be an investment in your future. Let's think of it that way. (laughs) This investment will raise your confidence and save you time and money in the long run. Anything that saves time, to me, sounds like a good idea, right? You know, a lot of us tend to gravitate towards free resources. After all, these free resources do offer decent knowledge and they might seem like a better option at the time. And we've also heard, you know, about self-taught artists out there who don't need school or any additional resources to help them flourish. I do not doubt any of those self-taught artists out there. Like, you go, girl. I think that is a valid route to take. However, from experience, I know the power of taking an art class. And it's one of the reasons I am where I am today and why I've achieved at a very young age. I'm like 32 right now is at the time of this recording. Free resources might be the best route for you if you are a self-motivated person. However, if you are like me and don't jump out of bed early in the morning or ready to take on the day with rainbows jetting out my butt to propel me forward, paying for an art class will give you the necessary jumpstart and motivation that you might need. People who pay for art classes typically pay attention. (laughs) An instructor waiting for you to show up with the idea of failing grade lurking over your head might be the push you need to get shit done. Granted, I did learn a lot on the job. Just getting dirty and messy while experimenting firsthand how to paint a mural and really help build my skill. But 
a lot of my early on basic solid skills were created in a classroom. Heck, even years after college, I was still taking art classes. Just a few years ago, a local artist I admired advertised his class on social media. I was excited to see that the theme included landscapes with an emphasis on clouds. Although I was reasonably confident in my painting abilities, I knew that I had so much more to learn. And if it could be from a professional who had been painting longer than me, that sounded like a great idea. So I loved how the local artist painted his fluffy, whimsical clouds, and I wanted to learn from one of the best. So I took his class, and just as I had hoped, he taught me a few techniques that I hadn't yet figured out by myself. As artists, we can be fairly prideful, and I actually believe it's very rare for an established or even up-and-coming artist to step outside of that mindset to take a class, and that's a pity. Putting your pride aside to recognize when someone else can teach you something is very valuable, but few do it. Why? As I recall the cloud painting class, I remember the experienced instructor correcting one of my drawings. He pointed out that actually I was creating a tangent. And after that, we had been chatting throughout the course and I could tell that he was very hesitant to tell me any kind of like advice or to correct me. So every time I would thank him, like, thank you for telling me when I'm doing something wrong. And we later spoke about how many people sign up for an art class is expecting to only be told that they're doing a great job. He was saying how the majority of the people, they just wanted a pat on the back. And he brought it to my attention that many artists don't want helpful criticism because it's hard for them to accept. And don't worry, I get it. I can see this in myself. And I have had to work on being open to criticism very hard. I've taken so much advice from people who have been painting longer than me, and I can understand the value in their words, even though it can kind of be sometimes hard to take. When I receive criticism, I soak it up like a sponge. If someone wants to teach me something, I embrace it with open arms because I know they are going to save me time. Accept criticism like a gift wrapped in a bow, like a big pink sparkly bow. (laughs) Once you know how to do something better, that knowledge will stick with you forever. One day, maybe you'll be the person teaching someone else that tip, trick, or technique. Because that's the truth test of understanding. If you can teach someone else to do something, you truly understand how to do it yourself. Shadow an artist. If you have a teacher or even a local artist you are connected with, I would recommend shadowing them for a day. This will give you a feel of what their workflow looks like and you'll receive a firsthand account of what it takes to be a full-time artist. If someone reaches out to me wanting to shadow me for a day or even help out, I am always happy to say yes. When a beginner artist is on the mural site with me, I will often describe what I'm doing and show them my setup and explain why I do a certain things a certain way. And heck, I'll even likely put a paintbrush in their hands and say, all right, Let's get some practice in. (laughs) That usually takes them a little off guard. But if you want to increase your confidence and skills, I highly recommend shadowing an artist in the wild. There is something so beneficial to seeing how someone generally works outside of the classroom or an instructional setting. Also, if you're lucky, they'll be like me and put a paintbrush in your hand so that you can give you some real-time advice and guidance. On the flip side, If someone asks me out for coffee so they can ask questions or pick my brain, I will usually decline that offer. As a tip, when you request to spend time with an artist you admire, it is considerate to keep in mind the value of their time. 
I don't say no to coffee because I don't care. I just say no because it takes me away from my workplace and the time I could be spending painting or living my life how I want to. Similarly, I'm typically very responsive when someone pops into my direct messages uh, with just a quick question. However, for multiple or even complex questions, I will often point them in the direction of my podcast episodes or downloadable link or somewhere where they can find their answers. My podcasts are tailored to answer common questions asked by artists and I create downloadable links where I can see resources that are needed by many. I don't send people to my podcast or downloads or send them away because I don't care but I do this because I've already answered a ton of your guys' questions somewhere else, probably in long form. And I want to save myself some time. So if you want to check out muralmoney.com for a link to over a hundred helpful past podcast episodes and a bunch of different downloadable things, go there and save us both some time and just download them. Okay. When shadowing or helping an artist, try to be careful about not taking more than you are giving. To put it into perspective, the value of a coffee is not worth an hour of my time. I charge over $100 an hour right now and a $5 coffee really doesn't compare. Plus, I don't like coffee. I know, like saying, saying I don't like coffee is weird, I realize. But of course, I don't expect those who shadow me to pay $100 an hour either. But it may help you to see where my mind's at when I'm saying no to a cup of anything. <laughs> but yes, to someone to come and shadow or help out on a job site. I once agreed to meet with an artist who had asked me to meet her for coffee very early in the day. And upon meeting her, I quickly realized that she wasn't genuinely interested in learning from me or my journey. She had just wanted to talk about herself for 30 minutes and become friends, which, which is cool. But I just felt like she just asked me very few questions during that time. And it turned out to be one of those beginner artists who just wanted to be told that they were doing a good job. Don't be that artist. <laughs> you can put an artist at ease and make them look forward to spending time with you just by sending them a considerate or thoughtful pitch. Your initial message can start with a short introduction about yourself and why you are messaging them. Be honest in your pitch and let them know that you have admired their artwork and would love to work with them, right? Who doesn't love a compliment? You don't have to toot their horn throughout the whole conversation, but throwing in an honest praise of their work will make them look forward to meeting you. And it also, it helps break down their walls. When an artist says, hey, I've been following you for a long time. I really love the murals you're painting or whatever. I'm like, okay, they like me. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a weird psychological thing, but a solid pitch should go something like this. Something like, hello, my name is whatever your name is. We'll just say Andrea. My name is Andrea and I've, I admired your work around town for a really long time. I really enjoy your distinct style and use of color. Insert special things here. Don't just say what I'm saying. Don't just copy and paste. Make it unique to that artist. And then continue with, and I'm always super impressed with each new painting you complete. <laughs> okay, you don't have to add that last bit, but you, you get my idea. Compliment them. And then go on by saying, I'm an up and coming artist in the area and I would love to come and assist you one day. I think that it would be very beneficial for me to see what a full-time day looks like for a full-time artist. And I would love to make your day easier by helping you carry equipment, set up, or anything else I can help with. I know your time is very valuable, so I would love to assist you in any way possible. I'm looking forward to potentially meeting you. Let me know your thoughts and what days may work for you. Thank you. Your name here, Andrea, whatever. And send an email. 
Try not to ask the artist to go out of their way too much uh, just for your convenience. After all, they probably don't know you very well, even if you're, even if you know them or you feel like you know them because you're following them online. And asking them to turn away from their work to help you does cost them money and more importantly, time. Unless you're willing to pay them significantly for their time, your pitch should be about helping them so you can see what a day in the life of an artist looks like. With that being said, paying an artist for their time and advice isn't an uncommon thing. I know of several very experienced muralists who charge artists who want to shadow and work alongside them for the day. Self-aware beginner artists who understand the industry often do not have any issues paying other artists for their time. And I think it's very reasonable to pay an established artist for their time and knowledge. Personally, I love to teach. And I enjoy having artists accompany me on a job site. And I'm never bothered by pausing to answer questions or taking time to show someone a new technique. However, this does require me to adjust my typical workflow. Usually I have my headphones in with a podcast playing in my ear. And as I paint really quickly and efficiently as I can, I get a lot of work done when I'm just by myself. But when someone's shadowing me for a day, it requires me to be present in the conversation as I work which can slow things down a little bit. So I can definitely see why other muralists may choose to charge new artists who come on the job site with them, even if they're helping and learn. I typically, like I'll have people help me for a while and then I'll do a couple projects on my own and then I'll I'll have people come on. And I just like, variety is the spice of life. So don't feel discouraged from reaching out to local artists though. Most artists enjoy working alongside other artists and providing insight into their experience and expertise you know, I think it's just a, a wave that we go through. You learn so much and then you're like, oh, I want to teach someone else my ways. It's just what we do. It's like having kids, I assume. Like you grow so much and you're like, I want to birth my own human and show it how to be human. Anyway, get as much hands-on experience and advice from professional artists as you can. They've been where you are now and they have a lot to offer to help you succeed. The better you become at your craft now will make marketing your services a lot easier in the future. Go into a day of shadowing with a helpful mindset. Let them know that you are there to help them and to learn through the process. Even if you feel like you can't contribute artistically, you could always offer to help clean up, carry paint cans, rinse brushes, or even make a run to go get lunch. We love that. Come ready with a list of burning questions you have about becoming a full-time artist. If you're anything like me, your mind may go blank when you're nervous or meeting anyone new. Having a list handy will save you from moments of awkward silence too. Plus it'll like keep you from regretting the time that you've spent with the artist. As soon as you get home, you're going to think about all these questions that you should have asked, write them down. The experience and knowledge you will absorb just by shadowing and helping an artist will be eye-opening. Picking their brain and seeing their workflow as they complete a painting will give you a whole new perspective. It may even change everything you thought you knew about what a full-time artist looks like. When an artist comes out to help job shadow me for a day, they typically discover that being a muralist is a lot more physical and strenuous of a job than they had previously thought. Carrying ladders, gallons of paint, setting up scaffolding and climbing down, it really wears on the body. And on top of that, you're usually painting outdoors where the sun is beating down and the wind is whipping. And this can be sensory overload for a lot of new artists on their first day, especially if they spend a lot of time in the studio or indoors. I'm aware that telling you this probably won't make you feel less overwhelmed on your first day of shadowing an artist, but at least you can now come to be like mentally prepared. 
there will be a lot going on. And that's a good thing. It'll show you what you can expect when you're working as a full-time artist running your own business later on. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. If you liked hearing bits of this art business advice in your ear, if they inspire you, then I want to encourage you to download the audible version of my book, Mural Money. You just listened to chapter five and there are so many other chapters for you to listen to. There's over 15 hours worth of content Oh, plug in while you paint, but it's also just a condensed version of all the best tips given from guests on this podcast. Plus, you know, my own words of wisdom to help you get started in the art industry, plus stories of lessons learned that I've never told before. You can pick up a copy at muralmoney.com. And again, highly recommend the audible version, just like you're listening right now. You know, my book is for any artist, but especially those wanting to make a profit from a paintbrush. All right, I'll see you next week.